Take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Here we go. We're just about to kick off a brand new series here on the Grace Space. And I'm so glad you're here because this information is the most important information you will ever hear. It's crucial to your health, your wealth, and your happiness. My highest recommendation to you is that you make a decision that you're going to tune into this series every week and listen to each week's episode every day. You're going to start to understand why that's so important if you truly want to be free to live the life you really want. This series is called Walk in Grace, and it's your introduction to universal law. We're going to be looking at a bunch of different universal laws, how they work, and how to get in harmony with them. Because once you do, your life is going to flow with so much more ease and grace. You'll gain so much more serenity and peace in your life, not to mention much greater prosperity, freedom, and a sense of play. And you'll have the feeling of what it is to walk in grace, in harmony with the laws of life. So first of all, what are universal laws? You've heard me mention them time and time again on this podcast. I use certain terms interchangeably. Universal law, spiritual law, natural law, the dharma, karma, the laws of life, or just the law. And whenever I see the word the Lord in the Bible, I think the law, because the Lord is just a really old word for the law. All of these terms are referring to the same thing. Here's another way to think of it. There's an infinite, invisible power that operates in an orderly way. We refer to that order as the law. Bob Proctor says, The law is the process from which the unseen becomes the seen. It's how the invisible becomes visible. It's the process through which the dreamer manifests the dream. The universal laws are just that, universal. They are permanent principles of creation. They always work the same way, and they are absolutely reliable. There's nothing random or accidental in this entire universe. I don't care if something looks random or accidental on the surface of things. That's just an appearance. That's just the surface. Look deeper. If you do, you'll discover that within all things, there is a higher implicit order. The sun always rises, and it always sets. Spring always follows winter. If you plant an acorn, you get an oak tree, not an apple tree. Water becomes ice at a certain temperature exactly, and turns into steam at another temperature exactly. Observe the perfection of nature. She always does everything effortlessly and perfectly, and everything she does is successful. The laws of the universe are so precise, so exact, so reliable, that we can send a rocket to the moon and time the landing within a fraction of a second. Everything within the universe is orchestrated with such an exquisite perfection. There's an intelligence at work in everyday life that is beyond comprehension. And yet, 
we can learn to get into harmony with that perfection because actually we're a part of that perfection. And that perfection is at work within us. Everything tends toward balance and order. The body is constantly striving for homeostasis. And when it goes out of balance, it's in order to bring you back into balance. We are God's highest form of creation, and we've been given higher faculties that no other creature on earth has. Intuition, imagination, will, perception, reason, memory, so that we can express that perfection, so that the infinite creative power that is moving to us and through us can be given expression in the form of our highest aspirations, our dreams. There is a secret to life. It's hiding in plain sight. You have everything within you. To do, to be, to have, to create, to give anything you want. You have been given everything and you have been deemed worthy by this universe, by the fact that you've been given human birth, to exercise those higher faculties with the greatest degree of fluency that you can. You just have to learn to get into harmony with these laws. And as you do, you're going to see the puzzle pieces of your life start to come together and make a whole lot more sense. There's a parable in the Bible where Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one very precious pearl, he went and sold all that he owned to buy it. Boy, let me tell you, when I started to understand these laws, I suddenly understood that parable. The kingdom of heaven is the bliss of self-realization, the unlocking of all your capacities, the ultimate freedom of knowing yourself as one with the creator, a child of the infinite, a citizen of the universe with a capacity to create anything, anything. It's the realization that all of this is yours for the taking. If only you have eyes to see and ears to hear. If you can learn how to truly use your gifts, the ones that you were given just for being human, and if you dedicate yourself to understanding these laws, you will free yourself from bondage. Understanding these laws dissolves all apparent barriers in life. And that's worth everything in the world. It's worth your whole life. It's the pearl of great price. And you should sell all you have to get it because it's the only thing worth having. All that you will ever require for fulfillment in life is awareness. Seek the kingdom of heaven first and everything else will be added to you. I created the grace space because I have a passion for understanding everything I can about these laws and transmitting it to you because I want to be free and I know that you want to be free. Everyone wants to be free. And I know you do because otherwise you wouldn't have been attracted into this space. So every day I get closer to living these laws. I get closer to embodying them. I've made this my constant study because I absolutely know that anyone can fulfill their highest potential if they make it their study. Lots of people lament the state of the world today. Well, I'm telling you that's a waste of time and it's a waste of energy. What we need now is for people to come alive, to realize the power that they have within them and empower themselves from within. We've got to stop looking for it out there. Stop looking for someone else to come and save the day. You are your own solution. Once we embrace that and endeavor to align with our authentic nature as priority number one, we will call forth enlightened leadership and creative solutions that are already here. Invest in yourself first.
Invest in discovering who you really are and what you're really capable of because it is so much more than you realize. You see, hearing it isn't enough. Knowing about it isn't enough. Believing in it isn't enough. You have to become it. It has to be ingrained in every molecule of your being. It has to become the habit that replaces all the other habits that don't serve us and that cause us to live small. You have to rewrite the disc at the subconscious level, and it's absolutely possible. But because this material isn't yet taught to us from an early age, because it isn't part of a school curriculum yet, we have to learn it ourselves. We have to undo the old programming that is simply false and that causes us to live lives of quiet desperation. You were meant for so much more than that. That's why I'm so glad you're here today. So let's dive in with this first law we're going to discover. It's the law of thinking. As we think, so our life becomes. Taking charge of your thinking is the first step to freedom. We need to pay attention to our thinking. Now, most people confuse thinking with mental activity. Everybody has mental activity, but very few people are actually thinking. Thinking is the conscious direction of your thought power, your thought stream, toward the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Think of it this way. There's a pure, unadulterated, creative power moving to you and through you at all times. It's the power that's breathing you. It's beating your heart. It's pure spirit. And it's what brought you here into human incarnation. Now, that power is undifferentiated when it flows to you. And because you are made in the image of the creator, you get to give that power any form you want. I want to say that again. This undifferentiated power is flowing to you and through you at all times, and you get to give that power any form you want. And the first form is thought energy, thought form. You get an image in your mind, and we call that a thought. Thought energy is the most powerful energy in the universe. It instantaneously permeates the entire universe into infinity. It's everywhere present. Thought waves are cosmic waves that penetrate all time and space. And you thought your thoughts were private. Now, the average person believes she's thinking. But what's really happening is mental activity. We're constantly engaged in mental activity because it's the nature of the mind to be active. Mind cannot be controlled. However, we can learn to think by choosing our thoughts. Most of the time, we're not choosing our thoughts. Our paradigm is choosing them. Tons of information is fed into us all the time. We're continually bombarded on all sides, especially nowadays. And that information gets filtered by our paradigm. Remember the paradigm? It's your program, and it determines your perception. It determines what you see and how you see it. Because our mind is always busy with this stuff, we're almost constantly in mental activity. So our conscious mind is involved in mental activity, and because we're dominated by our current paradigm of limitation on the level of subconscious mind, we tend to think thoughts that are harmonious with that paradigm. That means I'm not choosing my thoughts. I'm just the patterns that are running my life, not knowing I have capacities to create anything I choose with my thought. 
For example, if you're constantly watching the news, checking the reports about the virus and how many cases there are and how many deaths, and you're worried when you go outside that you might get infected, and you get angry at people who don't follow the rules, and you're feeling isolated at home and your anxiety is off the charts, it's because you are not in control of your thinking. If you were, you would never allow yourself to get into such a state which can produce nothing good for you or anyone else. It's destructive. You are not in control of your thinking because your paradigm is in control of you, and therefore your thinking is in harmony with your paradigm of fear and worry. You think worried thoughts and you're attracted to the bad news because it's in harmony with your vibration. You're actually using it to reinforce a deep-seated belief in chaos, fear, danger, which is lodged in the subconscious mind. Now, you don't know that you're doing that, but that is what's operating. The pattern of life that you're operating from holds a belief that you aren't safe, so your nervous system is always on high alert for threats. This sets up a vibration that attracts events, situations, circumstances, and people of like vibration, and you're caught in a vicious cycle of results that prove to you that you're not safe. And based on the information you're picking up through your five senses, which are constantly turned toward the outside world, you're going to continue to think thoughts that are equal to the results and the reality you are already creating. Now, if this goes on for long enough, you're going to get sick. You will draw to yourself the thing you fear the most, because it can't be otherwise. That's the law. The body was never meant to endure a constant state of stress, and health problems are the inevitable result on the physical level, on the emotional and the mental levels. This is the path of deterioration. I know people who are caught up in this self-destructive cycle. You probably do, too. Maybe I've just described you and what you're going through. What if I told you it doesn't have to be that way? You have a choice. You actually have a choice. And I'll go even further and say that each of us has a responsibility to our true nature to choose the thoughts we're going to think. I know that might sound totally crazy to some of you. Nonetheless, it's true. Don't take my word for it. Put it to the test. Your thinking becomes your life. Your results in life never lie. They are a perfect reflection of your thinking. It's the law of thinking. Your thinking is reflected by the mirror of reality. If you want to know what you think, what you really think, look at your results. They show you what you're thinking in your heart of hearts, in your deeper mind, in your subconscious mind. They reveal your paradigm. If deep down you believe that the world is a dangerous place and you're not safe, you'll have thoughts in accordance with that. And those thoughts become feelings, which in turn become actions, which produce results in the physical world. If, on the other hand, you were fortunate enough to be programmed with a belief that you are safe and that the universe is benevolent, you'll have thoughts in accordance with that, and your results will reflect that. Your results always reflect what you really believe at such a deep level you may not even be aware of it. Because remember, we're mostly unaware of our paradigm. But by noticing the ways in which you feel limited, frustrated, and constrained, and by paying attention to the longings of your heart, you'll start to become aware of what spirit wants to express through you as an infinite being. And you'll notice a kind of tension between your higher aspirations and the paradigm that wants to keep you in your comfort zone. Life can seem like a mystery until we notice the connection between our results and our thinking.
So let's state this again. The law of thinking says we have control over every aspect of our life through our thinking. Our thoughts become things. Our state of mind is automatically reflected in the results we experience. In high school, I began to have recurring dreams about driving a manual car. I had a friend named Maria at the time who seemed unattainably cool. She went to another high school, but we belonged to the same group of friends, all of whom had been on a school Europe trip together. Her parents were never around. She wore lots of black leather and chain necklaces and black mascara. She exuded toughness, sexiness, and femininity all at once. And the bad boy that I was in love with during all my high school career, but who for some noble reason refused to take advantage of my innocence, he actually said that to me, while well, he was all over her. Oof, I can still feel a tiny stab of pain when I <laughs> think back to that. But I loved Maria. And she had a five-speed Honda Accord, which she drove like a race car. Squished in the back seat with a bunch of friends, I would feel a sort of awe at her badass attitude and her driving skills. Maria might have had to grow up too fast, but she was kind. She was good to me. I must have expressed admiration for her driving stick because she immediately said, I'll teach you. She put me in the driver's seat of her car, and I attempted to learn to get the car going. I remember actually making a few halting turns around the parking lot of my high school, and I believe that that's when I started having those dreams about driving stick. It was always the same. I was attempting to control the car with varying degrees of success. Sometimes it would speed up on its own like a rocket. Sometimes I was on a sort of roller coaster. Sometimes it was like my foot was on the brake and I couldn't get anywhere. But I always had a feeling of anxiety mingled with determination, worry mingled with courage, doubt mingled with a desire to overcome. These dreams continued throughout my adult life. Obviously, the car was me. It was my physical vehicle <laughs> over which I had a greater or lesser degree of control and understanding. And throughout my adult life, I had opportunities to learn to drive a manual car, which still remained a bucket list item, probably thanks to Maria's coolness. But I never mastered it. Years ago, when I started spending so much time in France, I realized the inefficiency of renting an automatic car every time I would go there. Most people still drive manual cars in France. It was more expensive to rent an automatic, first of all, which seemed like a waste of money. Also, I felt like a lame-o North American who had to have an automatic. <laughs> Plus, what if I was at my family's and there was an emergency? What if I had to take a child or an elderly person to the hospital and I couldn't drive the family cars? I decided to master the manual car. When I was next at home, I signed up for lessons with a guy who only teaches people how to drive stick. That's all he does. A former race car driver who was an excellent teacher. I remember he told me once, Claire, your Zen will be balancing the car on an upward slope and just breathing. <laughs> in six lessons, as promised in his literature, I was driving stick. I wasn't fully comfortable at first, but I knew I could at least manage. The next time I went to France, I rented a manual car filled with apprehension and excitement. I took the wheel and I did it, though there were some hairy moments of French people honking loudly when I was stuck at an intersection because I couldn't get it into first without stalling. There were moments that my leg was shaking uncontrollably on the clutch from having to get myself out of a bind on a one-way medieval street. There were flop sweats of anxiety as I approached a crowded traffic circle. Well, this went on for about a year. And, you know, it, it made me anxious every time I had to go and drive. Well, then one day, 
I was approaching one of the aforementioned traffic circles and noticed this rising feeling of anxiety in the pit of my stomach. I was suddenly overcome with a righteous anger with myself. I felt a power like a thunderbolt come down through me, and I spoke aloud. Stop it. You're an excellent driver, and you know how to do this. I command you to release this fear that is unworthy of you. A feeling of calm washed over me, and I executed the crowded traffic circle and all the French cars zipping around me with grace and ease. And then I thought, gosh, is it that easy? I just choose what I want to think? (laughs) It was a revelation. I could simply change my thinking. It never had been clear to me before as it was in that moment. I guess I got so frustrated with the part of me that was frozen in time, 16 years old, thinking I'd never be as able or as cool or as sexy as Maria. And on the spot, I shattered the illusion of powerlessness. My higher self literally took the wheel. I'm telling you, from that moment on, I never had another moment of anxiety in the car. And now I love driving stick. I feel good. I feel confident. I feel like I'm the master. I'm in charge. I know I'm competent. Without realizing it, I had reprogrammed a part of my paradigm by using the law of thinking to my advantage instead of to my disadvantage. The law of thinking states that by simply changing your thoughts, you can change your reality. Now think about that. You have enormous power. Real thought is associated with the understanding of truth and governs the life of the individual. With real thinking, you can develop your mind, transform your character, and move from fate to destiny. And that was exactly what happened to me in that moment coming up to the traffic circle. So how can we work with this in a practical and constructive way? Well, we have to always start with the all-important question, what do I really want? What do you really want in life? What would you love? Not what do you think you can get? Because it's essential that we direct our thinking toward a result that we really want for ourselves, not something others want for you. Understand that we've been trained to not know what we want, and many people don't know how to answer the question, what would I really love? We can spend a whole lifetime living for others' idea of who we should be and never really ask ourselves what it is that we want and what our purpose is. Everyone has a purpose. You have a purpose. And it's connected to what's most authentic in you seeking expression. True thinking comes from the depths of our true creativity and is born of desire. Wallace Waddle said, Desire is possibility seeking expression or function seeking performance. Do you know where the word desire comes from? It comes from the Latin desire of the Father. In other words, it comes from that which gave you life and brought you here. And the power that instilled that desire in you knows how to fulfill it, even if you don't. So you have to start with a dream so that you can start directing your thinking in a conscious way towards something you're passionately in love with. Once we choose a direction, we consciously direct our thinking accordingly, and we choose the thoughts that will serve us and move us in the direction of the results we want. Getting into harmony with the law of thinking means learning to be at cause instead of effect. It's understanding that if we don't give our thought power direction, 
The outside world will give it a direction for us, and we will end up defaulting to the lowest common denominator of belief. That is not an empowered place to be, and it is beneath you. Getting into harmony with the law of thinking means learning to be impeccable with our thinking. We have habits of thought right now, so we want to start noticing whether or not our thinking is in alignment with what we say we really want in life. Here are some practical steps you can take to observe and change your thinking. Ask yourself the following questions. Question number one, do I use words of victimization? In other words, something is done to me, or do I just describe what's happening? Question two, do I use words that indicate lack of choice, like I have to go to work, I have to do this, I should, or do I use words that reflect that I'm in charge of my time, like I choose to, I get to, I want to? Question three, do I use words that are self-deprecating? right? Like, oh, I, I hate my thighs, <laughs> right? Or do I use words that are inspiring? Question number four, do I use words that put me into a vibration of anger, like profanity? Or do I choose to use words that are kind, compassionate, descriptive, and loving? Do I use words, uh, so this is number five, do I use words that are fearful and untrusting, or do I use words that reflect a feeling of safety and trust? Question six, do I use words of lack and limitation? I can't. I can't afford to. I don't have time. Or words of abundance. I live in an abundant universe where there is one source and many channels for my good. Be honest with yourself and just get curious about what your words reveal to you about your thinking. After each question, write down the things you find yourself saying in each category. And be alert in the coming week to the things that come out of your mouth. You might be surprised. Is your thinking in alignment with your goals in life? Do you even have a goal in life? You know, becoming fluent in the secret language of spirit, it really is like learning a new language. As I've been saying, this is all about repetition, immersion, and support. Changing your life is not rocket science. It's achievable by anybody who can follow basic directions. And if you're really interested in living a life of true freedom, I have an opportunity for you that you're going to want to listen to carefully. Would you like the chance to join me and a group of like-minded people who are passionate about creating the freedom and the life that they deserve? Well, you can. My next group coaching program begins January 26, 2021, and I would love to have you in it. You're going to learn a reliable, repeatable scientific formula that makes your success predictable. Once you understand this simple formula and how to apply it to your life, you can expect a few things to happen. First of all, wealth and good luck will begin to flow a lot more easily and abundantly into your life. And you'll notice that the universe is providing for all your needs and also more of your wants. You'll notice that all the areas of your life, your health, your relationships, your vocation, your time and money freedom, and your attitude will, will become ignited with a kind of passion that you've never experienced before. This is the passion for you. 
And you'll start to experience a greater feeling of control and predictability over your finances, your circumstances, whatever they are, and your destiny. You'll start thinking in a way that produces the results you really want. And your most predominant worries, the things that keep you up at night, will become a thing of the past. So if you're ready to create the life you really want, get ready for a life-changing experience. Space is limited, so reserve your spot to join me and a group of like-minded people who are passionate about creating true freedom. I know you want to live the life that you were put on this earth to live. Your heart's most cherished dreams can come true. They're exactly what spirit is seeking to express through you. Don't just wish it anymore. Become it. Now, I'm here to help you do just that. And I'm holding the image that you'll join us in January. There's a link in the show notes. Click on that to learn more. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.